What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Take a 20. Uh, like I said on my IG, missed Monday just because it was really a heavy rain on Monday and was really trying to record the episode, but the rain just kept cutting through the audio. So coming in on Tuesday, you guys will... Like I said in the previous pod, this is going to be probably my most controversial podcast episode just because I'm going to be diving into, in my opinion, the top five players of all time at each each position. Um, So I know there's a lot of debate that goes on around this subject. I just thought that it would be a really nice thing to do, especially because it's the 75th anniversary. They came out with that list of the additional 25 players that got added on to the best 50 players of all time. So just to give you guys my parameters, I'm not actually like I'm going off of like all time grades. I'm not just going off of what I grew up watching. I'm actually like a very solid student of the game wouldn't say solid but I definitely am a student of the game Um, anytime I get a chance to watch hardwood classics especially much older games I jump on the opportunity it's not something that uh, you get to see a lot of just because there really wasn't all that much tape back in those days that have actually survived to now that can still be digitized and made available for everybody else to see. But I, I really did my best. I did a lot of research in terms of um, stats, actually watching some, like, certain highlights. Some, some players, it was just extremely hard to find the highlights. So it was more of a situation of, like, tracking down some of my dad's friends and looking at their old recorded games. So... With that being said, let me just jump right into it, and I'm going to start off with the point guard position. Uh, Number one, I have Magic Johnson. It was really hard for me to put anybody else there. Uh, I really thought about putting John Stockton there, but it, it, for me, it it is, especially being uh, an LA kid, like this is where the bias comes in for sure at, at the point guard position. I'll, I'll be completely honest. This is where my bias comes in when it comes to number one of just like, I can't put any point guard above magic Johnson. That's just, it really is just the way it is for me. Um, I mean, he averaged 11.2 assists for his career on 3.9 turnovers per game. That's an insane assist to turnover ratio, especially because he wasn't that careful with the ball. So the fact that he only averaged 3.9 turnovers per game is actually really impressive. Also, he was a much bigger point guard, so he averaged uh, 7.2 rebounds per game, almost averaged 20 points per game for his career. But something that really stood out to me was that he was 52% from the field, 84% from the free throw line. For his entire career, which is very, very impressive. So, and then of course his win shares are uh, 155.8. I'll be completely honest; I don't really know how that's calculated, um, nor PR. That's something that 
like I just I don't defer to those stats. I more so just look, um, rely on the eye test when it comes to that kind of stuff. So that's all I have to say about Magic is like he's is pretty self-explanatory why he's number one, why he's like I said, is partial bias, but also he's he's one of the most dynamic point guards that the game has ever seen. So that's my number one spot for the point guard position. John Stockton is actually my number two. He averaged 10.5 assists with 2.8 turnovers per game. I was really surprised that he actually had 2.8 turnovers per game. Um, I remember watching John Stockton not so much growing up. He was kind of outside of my era, but I remember watching a lot of his games. And to me, uh, from what I recall, he was very efficient with the basketball, didn't turn it over really. Like, there's not too many plays that I can remember him actually, like, turning over the ball in a in a fashion where it wasn't actually forced, you know? He, he never was one of those players that was... Uh, was careless with the basketball. That's that's what I was meaning. So that was really impressive. Um, 51.5 from the field, 82.6 from free throw. So that's, that's very impressive. Very close in comparison to Magic Johnson. Um, his points per game are significantly less than Magic's just because, you know, he's playing along in Carmelone, and Carmelone was the bucket getter and John Stockton was the assist man but Stockton averaged uh, 3.1 points per game 2.7 rebounds per game so for a small guy that's actually pretty impressive especially in the 90s that he was still like he was almost averaging three rebounds a game Uh, especially for like I said for his size and uh, really his build he wasn't the strongest guy out there but him getting three rebounds per game is actually very, very impressive. Um, second or third up, I have Jerry West. The only reason why I have Jerry West so far down is actually because I never really got to see Jerry West play a full game. Um, I've seen highlights here and there. I've, like I said, I went back to one, like a couple of my dad's friends, and watched their tapes. So I've seen bits and pieces of his game. I only put him here out of respect. Um, quite honestly, I might have, maybe I should have kept him as like an honorable mention, just because I, like I said, I I don't know his game. Like it's hard for me to really go back and look at it. But him averaging twenty seven points per game for his career, five point eight rebounds. His assist-to-turnover ratio is actually not that great. It's 6.7 to 3.4. So he wasn't that um, that kind of floor general that everybody associates with the point guard position. So that was my only real ding against him. He's averaged 47.4 from the field, 81.4 from free throw. So that's still, still really good. Um it's that 27 points per game that really jumped out at me. And then also, you know, it it gets to that point where, you know, it might 
in my opinion, it's it's borderline disrespectful not to put him on the list, especially with him being the logo, you know? So it's it's hard to deny his greatness, even though I didn't really see much of it. I've only seen highlights and bits and pieces of games, like I said. But, you know, I, I have him at three. That's something that... I, I bounced back and forth because there is one player that I actually left off this list um, that I wanted to get on this list, but I I just couldn't keep Jerry West off the off the top five point guards of all time. Like I, it it was really like I said, it's it's borderline disrespectful to not put him there just because of everything that he's done for the game. Um, but yeah, so at the end of this, these five, I'll have an honorable mention, and I'm I'm sure that once you hear my fifth, you guys will know who the honorable mention is gonna be. Now fourth, I have Isaiah Thomas. It does not get this the type of respect that he really deserves. Uh, Zeke is like he was Kyrie Irving before Kyrie Irving, as Magic Johnson likes to put it. But not only that, he was like just a really dominant defender. He was a pesky guy. He was the glove before the glove. He was Patrick Beverly before Patrick Beverly. It's Isaiah Thomas, and he paired it so well together with his playmaking ability, his leadership skills. He's one of those players that really does not get the respect that he deserves. He's one of the only, like, the Detroit Pistons are, like, one of the only teams that can say that they gave, like, the Orlando Magic Shack teams as well, but those are really the only two teams that can say that they gave Jordan's Bulls uh, a hard time, you know? So, for the simple fact that Isaiah Thomas was by far and large the best player on that team, the second place best player was maybe Dennis Rodman. Um, it and this is when Dennis Rodman was a rookie, or yeah, a rookie and going into his second third year. So, with that being said, he's he's very disrespected. It's very unfortunate that he doesn't get the shine that he deserves, but. I I had to make sure to put him fourth on my list. Um, he averaged 9.3 assists per game, 3.8 turnovers per game, so not the greatest assist-to-turnover ratio. Still really good, pretty high up there. But it was more so like his leadership skills that, that made me put him on this list. Um, so... Yeah, I I can't really talk too much into that just because I'm I'm a huge Isaiah Thomas fan and the the more that I talk about it the more I'm going to feel that I'm just like geeking out over him. So just moving on to a player that I actually have a lot of disdain for. Um if people know me, they they know very well that this is my least favorite player in the NBA currently. Um and that's Chris Paul. Yeah, I had to put Chris Paul number five on the list of all time. That being said, I'm sure everybody knows who my honorable mention is, or my honorable mention is, and that would be Stephen Curry. 
uh, Curry is very, very close uh, to for me to put him on this list. He's getting super, super close. It's just a matter of when I look at his assist to turnover ratio, I don't like it. Um, in terms of his leadership skills, I don't like it. And that's something that actually me and somebody had gotten into a, a debate about today, actually. And they were saying, like, Curry is the leader of the Warriors. Well, really, to be completely honest, he never was the leader of the Warriors. It was Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. For anybody else to argue anything otherwise, like, yes, Curry is the face of the Warriors, 100%. There's no arguing that. But when it comes to actual the actual leader on the court, it was always Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. Never Steph Curry. And it's also, for me, a point guard needs to make the players around him better. So with that being said, I never have really seen Curry make players around him better. It's always been role players that complement his game, not so much his skill set that elevates everybody else's game around him. So that's that's part of the reason why I had to leave him off the list. But like I said, he's getting very close to me like forcing my hand and having to put him on that list just due to the fact of championships and MVPs like people like to throw out all these accolades and it's like they they are really great it's justified for him to be in that conversation but for me it's it's hard to put him on that list in front of any five of these players Especially Chris Paul. Chris Paul, like, even though I really don't like the dude, um, it's it's hard to say that he's not a maestro with the basketball. It's hard to say that he's not what you want in a point guard in terms of him elevating the rest of your team's play. Does he make some pretty, uh, not harebrained moves, but is just like, I don't like how how much he he tends to dribble. He's cut back on that quite significantly with his time in Phoenix uh, in comparison to his time with the Clippers, at least. But he's he's like if for me it's hard to not put him in the top five. Um, Rondo is another honorable mention actually because Rondo, in my opinion, is like right there with Curry of just being like, hey, you know, like they're they're just right there on the cusp of being able to crack into that. Curry is probably going to do it. Rondo, not so much just due to the fact that he's towards the end of his career. But yeah, uh, Chris Paul had to put him there. He has a 9.5, 9.5 assists to 2.4 turnovers per game. There's been stretches of time where he just does not commit any turnovers whatsoever, which is really, really impressive to see. Um, The last time I checked, he was 47% from the field and 86.9% from the free throw throw line for his career with 1.5 steals per game and and 4.5 rebounds per game. Uh, The game is not as physical as it used to be by any means. 
the big man position is definitely by far and large gone away. But Chris Paul has been proven to be somebody who enjoys taking the hard matchup, the difficult matchups. And, you know, when he was with the Clippers, he was the one who primarily would guard Kevin Durant. And that's when everybody figured out, like, Kevin Durant has a problem with smaller guards for whatever reason. Um, I'm, I'm not that tall, so I don't know how it feels to feel like you're being undercut by somebody like that. So, who's actually strong. So, it's, but they're just standing there. So, that, that might play something into it. But, yeah, Chris Paul, number five. Curry, honorable mention. It is what it is. This is, like I said, this is just my opinion. It's not, I'm not saying like, oh, this is a fact. Like, if somebody can convince me that I should include Curry in this top five, then I'll 100% listen to him. I'm, if they convince me of it, then I'm, I might switch my thinking on it. But as of right now, I think that Curry is very, very close I just need to see him be more, like, just impact his teammates a little bit more and elevate their games. Um, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson have always been really good. So, to say, like, and that's that's the thing, is, like, all the role players that have ever been around Curry have all been really good already, and what they've done along with Curry is not really like it. There's not a big enough or really any jump in their statistics or play. Um, so that's, that's something that I, I just, I couldn't include him on the list just, just for those certain things. So honorable mention though, getting very very close very very close now moving into the shooting guard position of course you have to start off the list with Michael Jordan there's no argument there he's the best shooting guard of all time it's going to be extremely extremely hard for anybody to take that title away from him just for the simple fact of how hard he played I mean average 30 points per game 6.2 rebounds per game 5.3 assists per game on 2.7 turnovers. That's insane. The only thing that I really could, like, hold against him is that he only averaged 0.8 steals per game. That's something that I was very shocked about. I really thought that he would at least at an average, like, 1.2 steals per game, but apparently not. Um, He was still 49.7% from the field, so almost 50% from the field, 83.5 from the free throw line. So he's, his game speaks for himself. Like I said, I, I born in 93. I did not get to see Jordan as much as I would have liked. Um, I mean, I didn't see him in his prime. What, when people were talking about Michael Jordan to me, I was like I grew up with the Wizards Michael Jordan. Now, he was still a pretty decent player, but he wasn't anywhere near what he was with the Bulls. It wasn't until I got 
a little bit older where I started going back and watching the hardwood classics and realizing like, wow, Jordan really was that guy. So I have to put him at number one, super easy decision. Number two, of course, is going to be Kobe Bryant. There's nobody like it's, it's crazy because to me, there's nobody even close to either one of these players in terms of being able to, like, in my opinion, the gap between three and two is kind of astronomical. Um, you guys will hear who I picked third in just a second, but Kobe Bryant was somebody that I grew up watching my entire life. Um, never, like I've said so many times before, not a Laker fan, but Kobe was one of those players where it was just like, wow, you cannot deny his greatness. And like, that was something that I, I tried to do throughout his entire career. I was just like, I don't like Kobe. don't want to watch Kobe. I don't even care about Kobe. It wasn't until his last game against the Utah Jazz where I actually ended up getting a little emotional because I was like, I watched that game from tip off to the very last shot. And I got emotional because I had realized, wow, this is Kobe Bryant's last game ever. And I never appreciated him the way that I should have. Not even just like as, like I said, I'm not a fan. So it's not even appreciating him as a fan, but appreciating him as a basketball player, just being an innovator and what he really brought to the game. He he inspires so many people, was, was an absolute monster on the court, complete dog. And, you know, going back and watching those hardwood classics, like I'll, I'll talk about hardwood classics quite a bit this podcast, but going back and watching those is just like, wow, here's this guy was in my hometown and I, I didn't, I didn't give him the time of day. I didn't like, as soon as him and Shaq had that beef, I was just like, all right, peace. Like I, I'm, I'm not a, a Kobe fan. Like, I'll I'll not watch him. I'll not support him. So it I bring that up just because there's there's a lot of hate towards players and you know appreciate the players while they're here. Um especially the the great ones like it's once you start seeing like generational talent is just like, you can't just don't be a hater is essentially what I'm saying is like, because you'll get to the point where that person is at the end of their career and you're going to get really upset and realizing like, damn, all I did was hate on this person, their entire career when I could have just been sitting down and enjoying watching them play. So Kobe Bryant, number two, undisputed um and then coming in at third is Dwayne Wade now it wasn't really hard for me to put Dwayne Wade here just because Dwayne Wade is one of the most disrespected superstars of 
the 2010s is or the 2000s whatever you want to call it um or no yeah it would be the 2010s well he got his first championship i think in 09 so it's 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 a little tricky um to say like what era he was like the best shooting guard but you know it is at that same time where Kobe Bryant was going on his huge runs and being the most dominant player or being the most dominant shooting guard in the game, Dwayne Wade was always kind of like nipping at his heels. You know, he would he would catch up a little bit, but he just he just couldn't really catch up to him. You know, but Dwayne Wade is somebody that I I have to say is by far and large the third best shooting guard of all time there's there's no arguing that i mean i've i've gone down the list of shooting guards and i'm like there's there's nobody that i would put above Dwayne Wade other than Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan period it's it's that simple uh 22 points per game 4.7 rebounds per game 5. Four assists per game on 3.2 turnovers per game, which isn't that great. Um, he averaged 1.5 steals per game, 48% from the field, and then 76.5 from the free throw line, which is decent, not great, but decent. Um, his field goal percentage, however, is pretty good. And also the amount that he would get to the line, um, I don't think it... it um, I don't know how, how I'm trying to word this, but um, basically him getting to the line as much as he did, I don't think affected his free throw percentage just in terms of um, like his free throw percentage is what it is. If he had gotten to the free throw line less, I think that it would still be hovering around this. Like Dwayne Wade was just very much known for attacking the rim um, had a decent mid-range game, but more so was a driver attacking the rim, and more likely than not, he's going to draw a foul on you, and it is a foul that is very much justified that you you got called for. But uh, yeah, I had to put Dwayne Wade at number three. It's very hard to put any el- anyone else above him, including the person that I have at number four, Mr. Allen Iverson. AI. I know people say like, "Oh, well, he was a he was a point guard." No, he wasn't. He he was a point guard for two years of his NBA career, where he, the rest of the time he was a shooting guard. So you can say that he was a point guard, but no, he was not a point guard. He was a shooting guard, one of the greatest shooting guards out there. Um, Twenty six point seven points per game, three point seven rebounds per game. 3.7 rebounds per game. This is back in the 90s. Dudes are big, is rough, is tough. Like, AI is, is a small, lanky dude, man. He's like buck 50, buck 60, soaking wet. So, it's for him to be able to average 3.7 rebounds per game in that era is so telling 
of how much of a athlete and competitor he was, how good he was. Um, moving on to his assists, he did six. He had six point two assists per game, to three point six turnovers per game, which it, again isn't that great. I think that's starting to dip into like fifty four percent, which is not a good assist to turnover ratio. But he also averaged 2.2 steals per game. So that that's that's really good because Dwayne Wade, his highest steal season was 2.2. Allen Iverson averaged 2.2 for his career. So again, this is is different eras, like you can get away with different things, but again. This is back when the era was just a little bit more physical. And, like, it, honestly, it, it was harder to get steals back then. And, like, it was, it was just harder to get steals back then. You can watch tape in comparison to back then to now of just, like... But even now, like, it's, it's not astronomically easier, especially because the rest love to blow the whistle super quick even though like there's certain times where it's like clearly the player got all ball but you're still calling the foul just because of the player who was in possession of the ball originally um but that's for another podcast he averaged 4 or 42.5 from uh, percent from the field 78 flat from the free throw line which is pretty good i mean he's getting really close to 80 percent so you know he and again in that physical era for him to be as dominant of a player as he was is so telling to his talent level and his his basketball iq you know so for him not to be on this list is is kind of going into that same vein of Jerry West of just like it would be very disrespectful for you not to include him on a top five shooting guards of all time list, regardless of where you would put him. Like if you want to put him at five, put him at five. But it would be like on its way to being disrespectful to not include him on a list. Now, moving on to number five. It's a current day player, and you know some people might not like this, um, which I I understand if you don't like it. But for me, James Harden has already solidified himself as one of the best shooting guards of all time. Um, with him now moving into the point guard position, that's something that like last year I was like, well. Maybe he's been playing playing the wrong position his entire career because it seems like he's a much better point guard than a shooting guard. We'll see how that continues to progress, but in my opinion, James Harden should have been playing the point guard position for his entire career rather than the shooting guard position. Can you imagine having Russ go as a shooting guard and James Harden as a point guard. And then you have Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka, like literally all the starting lineup. 
that that would be insane that would be unstoppable literally would be unstoppable but you know it it didn't happen but i i do have to say even with him switching over to the point guard position later on in his career depending on how much longer he has in the league i don't think that you know like i said on appreciating players while they're here I don't think that like players like James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, yeah, they're going to be around maybe for like the next 5 years and that's that's being generous. If if I'm being completely honest, like yeah, KD signed his huge like 5-year extension, but once that 5-year extension comes up, is he going to still want to come out and play? Is, he gonna have anything left to prove more likely no than yes but you know these these players are getting close to the end of their careers so it's it's time to really show them and give them their flowers that rather than waiting till they retire and saying like oh yeah he was one of the the best shooting guards of all time like i'm saying it right now He's number five best shooting guard of all time. He He's probably just going to stay there until somebody else surpasses him. Because now he's, he's going to be in that point guard position. And he, he's not going to have enough time, in my opinion, um, for him to crack that top ten point guards of all time. But he he's already there as a top five shooting guard of all time and like I said that's that's just my opinion it's not fact or anything if anybody wants to debate about that with me I'm completely open to it if there's somebody else that you feel deserves to be on that list above James Harden I'm more than willing to listen to you like I say all the time my DMs are open there's been a couple of times where people have chimed in and debated with me, which has been really cool and fun to do. So trust me, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but now moving on to the small forwards, uh, I had to put LeBron James as the number one best small forward of all time. Um, it's hard, especially when you start looking at the list of small forwards that you know, he's really going up against, it's hard to not put him as the number one of all time. Just because out of all the players that he's really going up against, it's it's really like uh not him against the world, but he he's he's really good. There's there's no denying that um there's no small forward from the past that's even remotely close to being in the conversation, to be completely honest. You know, people want to say, like, oh, well, he's he's not better than Larry Bird. C- come on now. Come on now. Really? You're going to say that? Like, he, he's head and shoulders better than Larry Bird. Head and shoulders better. And, yeah, I didn't get to see Larry Bird in person. I didn't get to see him growing up, but I definitely have seen a lot of tape on Larry Bird. Larry Bird was an amazing player, 
one of the best. But he he wasn't better than LeBron James, I'll tell you that much. So I I just couldn't keep LeBron off of that list. And not only off the list, but like uh, like behind anybody because he's he's proven it that he he is the best small forward of all time and quite possibly the best player of all time you know but that's that's another conversation for another day um he's so far the last time i've checked he's averaging 27.1 points per game 7.4 rebounds per game 7.4 assists per game on 3.5 turnovers per game which isn't that great not a good assist to turnover ratio uh he's averaging 1.6 steals per game and 0.8 blocks per game is when i found out it was only 0.8 blocks per game is kind of the same as when i found out that jordan only has 0.8 steals per game it just seems like they're always involved in those types of situations for them to only be averaging 0.8 for their career is actually very shocking so it 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 was just something that really threw me off there but he also is averaging 50.4% from the field 73.5 from free throw it's he he just makes too much of a solid case to be the number 1 small forward of all time now since i made this list my opinion on Kevin Durant has completely swung um, just because it was a lot of, for me, it was very hard for me to give him credit um, just because he ended up leaving the Warriors, or not leaving the Warriors, leaving the Thunder when they were up 3-1 against the Warriors. He's the best player on that team, so he's the one who's supposed to take them over the hump and carry them not necessarily carry them to the promised land, but, you know, when when the going gets tough, like, the tough get going. And that was something that, you know, in my opinion, he just kind of choked under the pressure of that. And for him to have gone from the, the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Golden State Warriors in, in that fashion was just very very hard for me to get over um and not a warriors fan but i mean i'm i'm not a thunder fan but i really liked the the team that they had over there in oklahoma uh, i felt like they could really compete and you know it it just it didn't pan out that way you know such is life but i i really really felt that he he should have stayed with with Oklahoma but with that being said um you guys know who my number two is so it is Kevin Durant um averaging 27 points per game 7.1 rebounds per game 4.2 assists per game on how many turnovers is he making on 1.2 turnovers per game or yeah, one point one actually, which is oh no 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 I was looking at his his block so it's three point one 
to his 4.2 or his 5.8, which isn't good. Which isn't good. Um, then he's averaging 49.5% from the field, 38.4 from three, which is pretty impressive. And then 88.2 from the free throw line. This is a dude who's he's 6'10", but he, he is a small forward. You can't put him at the power forward position. You can play him as a stretch center, but this this is somebody who is just money with the basketball. Like, yeah, easy money sniper. That was, like, literally the best nickname Kevin Durant could could possibly get nothing more fitting than that to be completely honest he's yeah easy money sniper every single time the ball is in his hand easy money so for for him it's just really sky's the limit he can end up being the best ball forward of all time because he's on that route because he's he plays both sides of the court and I don't look at rings I don't look at that kind of stuff just because there's so many players that are out there that didn't win a win a ring Charles Barkley is an example and he's one of the greatest of all time just for the simple fact that he didn't win the win a ring I'm not going to say that he's not one of the best players of all time that's just that's blasphemous so with Kevin Durant yeah, he he's got his chips, but yeah, he's got his final MVPs which he 100% earned. But, you know, it it is what it is. Kevin Durant number 2. Uh and I will have an honorable mention at the end of this. Um just because they they're a player that I I highly respect and I be, I truly believe that the small forward position would not be what it is today without this player's impact. But before I get to them, uh, let me move on to Larry Bird, who is the, in my opinion, oh, whoops, uh, in my opinion, the number three best small forward of all time. Uh, 24.3 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. assists per game, 3.1 turnovers per game, which, again, assist-to-turnover ratio, not that great. You're you're closing in at 50%. Then you have 1.7 steals per game and 0.8 blocks per game. The fact that Larry Bird averaged 0.8 blocks per game was actually very surprising to me, Um, just because I remember going back and watching a lot of tape on Larry Bird and not really seeing him as a defensive player. Like, yeah, he would be able to stay in front of his man, but it wasn't a situation where, like, I thought he would be able to average 0.8. When I was looking up his his stats, I was honestly expecting to see 0.2. In terms of blocks, I... Thought his steals were going to be a little bit less as well. But, you know, again, this this goes back to me not being able to watch these players my entire life and watch all the games that they've been a part of. Just only being able to watch 
really the finals and playoff games that these these players these older players have had. Um, but you know, Larry Bird is definitely solidified as the number three. There's plenty of small forwards out there that can actually surpass Larry Bird. Um, there's a good chance that one day Larry Bird will fall off of the top five, at least in my top five. Um, just because there, there's just so much talent going into the small forward position, just like a few, like maybe five, six, uh, yeah, maybe like six or seven years ago, there was like just a huge influx of talent at the point guard position. Like, Every single team like had a bona fide superstar as their point guard, so it's it's definitely the era of small forwards and athletic wings right now. So there's definitely a good chance that Larry Bird could actually end up moving off of this list. But going on to my number four, I had to put Dr. J. That somebody, again, didn't really see him, heard a lot about him, seen bits and pieces of tape here and there. Um, but from the tape that I have seen, is just is it is hard to deny that he was one of the best players at that time, if not the best player at that time. And also, if you were to pluck him from his era and put him into our current time, he would probably still average the same like statistics across the board. Um, he did he had 24.2 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, 4.2 assists per game on 3.4 turnovers, two steals per game, 1.7 block or yeah 1.7 blocks per game. That was something that really impressed me of his game because even watching old tape was like I was seeing how jumpy he was, how athletic he was, and how quick he was to getting to the basketball and actually pinning it. So he he was the definition of a two-way player by far and large. And then you have him averaging 50.6% from the field and then 70 yes yeah, 77.7 from the free throw line all all great stats like these stat lines are actually really 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 like really impressive i i just can't i can't say it enough like dr j is if I could go back in time and watch any player of any era, it would it would definitely be Dr. J. Because seeing just a little bit of tape that I've seen on him is just like, wow. That guy was really, really good. And, you know, I, I really do wish that I got a chance to see him. But that... Even without seeing him, he's already solidified himself as, in my opinion, the number four best small forward of all time. Now, moving on, 
to number five. Again, a player that I did not see a whole lot of. Um, and kind of hard for me to say that he doesn't deserve to be there. Um, just because I, I've seen so many people like give him extreme, extreme props and say that he's one of the, the best of all time. Um, more so my dad and his era, but Elgin Baylor, um, averaged 27.4 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists per game on 3.4 turnovers per game with 1.6 steals per game and one block per game. Also average from the field, 43.1%, uh, and then 78 flat from the free throw line. Now, I know it, it was a different era, but, you know, seeing, like I said, I only, I've only seen a little bit of tape on him, but seeing the way that he played, um, the way that he commanded respect, just... I know that he's he's listed as a small forward, but honestly, there were certain times where he would be orchestrating the offense and really going about his game as if he was the point guard rather than John Stockton. So, or not John Stockton, uh, Jerry West. My apologies. That wow, yeah, that that just happened. But it. It's, it's very impressive to me that he was able to do what he did with a player of Jerry West's stature. You know, I mean, Jerry West could have taken every single shot if he wanted to. Would have been justified. I know Elgin Baylor was the guy before Jerry West got there. And then once Jerry got there, Elgin kind of let go of the reins and let Jerry take over a little bit more, but by far and large, Elgin Baylor was the one who was carrying the Lakers for quite some time, so had to put him there at number five, again, didn't really see him play growing up, and haven't seen too much of his games since, just because I'm, that is hard to find his tapes, it's hard to find footage of him, but I had to put him there. And then my honorable mention is going to be Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen is really one of those players that, like I was saying, my honorable honorable mention is going to be somebody who I felt really innovated and changed the way small forwards played moving forward. Scottie Pippen was that player. There's so many players nowadays that I can look at and say that, oh, yeah, they're, they're emulating certain things of Scottie's game. Certain things. Not everything. Certain things. Scottie was a great two-way player. There's some players that have taken that to the next level in terms of 
all right, now they're going to be great two-way players. Now they're not only going to be athletic stoppers, but they're going to be high-volume scorers as well. Scottie Pippen, to me, kind of started that wave of saying like, hey, you know, your small forward can be just as good, if not better, than every single player on your team. So I I had to put Scottie Pippen there. Also, I'm a huge Scottie Pippen fan. Like, one of my favorite players of all time behind Shaq and Chris Webber. But speaking of C-Webb, somebody that I I was very, very upset that I had to leave off this list. But moving on to the power forwards, of course, you have to start off the list with Tim Duncan, by far and large. Everybody knows that he was the best power forward of all time. Nobody is touching that record. Not record, but nobody is, nobody is un- dethroning him. Like, he's he's solidly planted there. He's cemented in that seat. 19 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 2.2 blocks per game, 0.7 steals per game. His assist-to-turnover ratio was not good. Three assists to 2.4 turnovers. So, it's it's not good. (laughs) Not good at all. But he also averaged 50.6% from the field and then 69.6% from the free throw line. Very impressive stat lines. The more that you look back at the era, not the not even the era of power forwards, because back then it was just like it was so many good power forwards when Tim Duncan was coming around. But it it was just a situation where Timmy just was the best. He he proved it night in, night out. And, you know, not only looking at that era of power fours, but going even further back and also looking out now at this generation, there's nobody who even comes close. There's nobody who you can say that can even, like, nip at his heels. No. There's there's nobody near him. Nobody near him. He's the best power forward by far. No argument. If you want to argue it, DMs are open. <laughs> but it, it's going to be a very short conversation because it, it's going to be hard to convince me that there's somebody better than Tim Duncan at the power forward, power forward position. It, it just... It, very hard. Very hard for me. Um, but going into number two, I have Kevin Garnett. Um, it was very hard to go back and forth because Charles Barkley does deserve a lot more shine than he than he gets. But between the two, who would I want? Kevin Garnett or Charles Barkley? I'd much rather have Kevin Garnett, to be completely honest. Even though Charles Barkley was always like the centerpiece to every single team that he had, Kevin Garnett, there's something about that fire, that defensive presence. And 
like just just the fact that he can get everything out of his teammates is something that I I have nothing but respect for. And then also, Kevin Garnett is a champion. Um, I'm not even. I don't put too much weight into championships, but it's just like when when Charles Barkley threw out that like threw out that that jab, just like I'm a Hall of Famer, Shaq's a Hall of Famer, Kenny's a Hall of Famer, Gary Payton's a Hall of Famer, Kevin's borderline Hall of Famer. Just like that's the only reason why I had to throw out that that thing is just like Kevin Garnett's a champion, so. That that's that that that's it right there. Um, I'll give you his his career stats: seventeen point eight points per game, ten rebounds per game, one point four blocks per game, one point three assists per game. On or no, yeah, that was one point three steals per game. I I actually accidentally put an A right there, um, and then three point seven assists per game on two point two turnovers per game. Pretty solid stat line. You have 49.7% from the field and then 789 from the free throw line. Pretty easy for me to put him there as number two. Number three, I have Charles Barkley. So Charles, averaging 22.1 points per game, 11.7 rebounds per game, 0.8 blocks per game. Something that I was really shocked to see because I remember him actually being a pretty good defensive player. But... Of course, he had those smaller arms and just couldn't really reach up there, um, <laughs> for the lack of a better term. But yeah, he just he just couldn't reach. He couldn't reach it. And then he, but he makes up for it in his steals, where he did he averaged uh, 1.5 steals per game. His assist to turnover ratio is abysmal: 3.9 assists to 3.1 turnovers. So it's it's almost a one to one, um, which isn't good at all. Uh, on the teams that he was on, I don't remember him actually being the primarily primary ball handler, but I do remember him fumbling the ball quite a bit, and you know that's something that I. The more that I watched him the more that I was like not not everything in his game but just that that specifically of him like really bumbling the ball it really reminded me of Blake Griffin um I'm not saying that the two players are even close in comparison Charles Barkley is it's an argument that I used to have just because I was a huge Blake Griffin fan Blake Griffin is not anywhere close to Charles Barkley I know people are listening right now and they hear the somberness in my voice Yes, you're right. Okay, it's fine. Moving on. Like Charles Barkley is better than Blake Griffin. I get it. Like I, I've I've matured. I've I've accepted facts. But moving on to number five, or uh, number four rather, it's gonna be Dirk. Um, I had a hard time not putting Dirk higher on this list, but it it was just. The power forward position is one of my favorite positions, so it's it's real fun for me to look at all the players and be like, ah, oh, man, like, how am I gonna rank you guys? And it's just like it, it that that's part of the reason why it just killed me so much not to put Webb on this list because, like I said, C Webb is one of my favorite players. Like, 
right behind Shaq, C-Web is my second favorite player. Like, him and Shaq are, are neck and neck. But it, with the amount of talent at the power forward position, it's, it was hard to put him on. But let's talk more about Dirk. Uh, 20 points per game, like 20.7 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, 0.8 blocks per game, 0.8 steals per game, 2.4 assists per game, 1.6 turnovers per game. And then you did all of this on 47.1% from the field and then 879 from the free throw line. Not stats that really jump off the page at you. And that's why you cannot just go off of statistics because there's so many things that go into the game that you just can't see on a stat sheet. Just they, they won't show up. It won't show up. So with Dirk, there are so many things that he did that just don't really show up. He gave defensives problems fits even with him being a primary focus he made the players around him better they all elevated their game so like that's that's what i say like going back and actually watching these games like when it comes to players that i watched growing up i can talk about them so much more because i know how much they impacted the game other than just their stats like it's Without Dirk, the Mavericks are a team that just is just another team. No, nobody knows about them. Like, and also his work ethic, how much he worked to be the type of player that he is now or that he was. Just it, there's no way that you can't put him as number four because. When you start looking at international players and you ask, like, oh, well, who's the best international player to ever play in the NBA? It goes, and this is just my opinion, goes Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Kukoc, Mono Ginobili, and somebody else. There's somebody else that I'm actually forgetting. I wanted to give a full five. But there's, there's actually two players that I'm forgetting right now. Um, I guess I can go current Giannis and uh, I guess Jokic. I guess Jokic, whatever. I, I just... No, Doncic is better than Jokic. There we go, Doncic. But Dirk solidly solidified as one of the best power forwards of all time. And really, after one, this whole list for the power forwards is kind of interchangeable, to be completely honest, just because of how talented this this entire, like, how talented this position has always been. So, moving on to number five, somebody that I really didn't want to put on this list just for... I just don't like the guy. He, he's 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 trying to keep the personal feelings out of it. But Carl Malone, um, 
I'm not going to talk about him too much. 25 points per game, 10.1 assists per game, 0.8 blocks per game, 1.4 steals per game, 3.6 assists per game on 3.1 turnovers per game. Again, approaching that one-to-one ratio. 51.6% from the field, 74.2% from the free throw line. Um, You can't say that Carl Malone is not one of the best power forwards of all time. And we will leave it at that. I'm sure everybody listening to the pod understands and knows about Carmelone. Um, if you don't, do some research. It's it's just very... He, he's a hard person to talk about. Not somebody that I enjoy talking about. Um, actually, growing up, he was a player that I really admired. And... Um, yeah, more stories continue to come out, and uh, his whole time with the Lakers was um, disgusting. It, it's I'm I'm not even talking about on court performance. I'm talking about like things that he was doing off the court. And if you don't know, just do a quick Google search. It's it's very easy to figure out. Um, but yeah, moving on to the center position, Bill Russell is number one. It's hard to argue that Bill Russell, no matter what era, would be the best center in the game. He averaged 15.1 points per game, 22.5 rebounds per game, 8 blocks per game, 4.3 assists per game. Wasn't able to look up his turnover ratio because they actually weren't tracking, or his turnovers per game because they weren't tracking it back then. Um... 44 point, oh no, 44 uh, flat percent from the field, 56.1 percent from the free throw line. So, center numbers in terms of field goal percentages and free throw percentages. Um, his f- field goal percentage is actually a little bit lower than I was expecting it to be. I was really expecting it to be in the high 50s, if not in the 60s, but it it just um, He's he's average. He was at that forty four point or forty four flat. Um, the only reason why I have Bill Russell as number one is because looking at the tapes that I've been able to see of him, and really it's just like very small highlights here and there. Um, it it really shows how talented of a player he was. And like I said, any era that he goes to, I feel he he would just dominate. Um, even against somebody like a Shaq, like I I just don't see Bill Russell really just yeah I I just don't see Bill Russell being anything less than great in any era. So, that's why I had to put him at number one. He has more rings than he has fingers. So, and again, I don't count, I don't really, it's not that I don't count rings, but it's just like I don't really read into rings the way that everybody else does. Just like I was saying earlier, there's so many good players that have not won rings that deserve to be recognized as some of the best players of all time. 
Um, but moving along to number two, I had to put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, this is somebody that I actually got to see a whole lot of tape on. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was, in in his prime, he was unguardable. Um, Average 24.6 points per game, 11 Oh my God! Eleven point two rebounds per game, two point six blocks per game, zero point nine steals per game, three point six assists per game on two point seven turnovers per game. Again, you're approaching that one to one. Not great. Then fifty five point nine percent from the field, and then seventy two point one percent from the free throw line. I say that he's a number two ahead of. The rest of the players that I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, just because of how dominant he was offensively and how he was able to translate that also to the defensive end, and not being the type of physical intimidating presence that some of the other centers were at that time, um, and actually that that leads me right into my number three, who was one of the most dominant and intimidating centers of that time, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, I kept going back and forth between Wilt and Shaq, who should be at number four. But, you know, again, I didn't get to see Wilt play, but I did see some highlights of his and just how much he committed himself on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. Like, he knew his offense was going to come. He committed himself on the defensive end. And that's why I had to put him at number four. Um, He averaged 30.1 points per game, 22.9 rebounds per game. 22.9. That is insane. Like, can can you imagine that? 22.9 rebounds per game. Who else is pulling down rebounds besides Will Chamberlain? And it's just like once I saw that stat line, I was like, there's there's no way that I can't put him number four. There's no way that I can't put him ahead of Shaquille O'Neal. Absolutely no way. I don't care what his competition was, who he's playing against. 22.9 rebounds per game means that you're almost getting every single rebound for your team. So it it's hard to say that he should be anywhere lower than number four. Uh, It's just a situation where one through three is very clear that, or you know what? Yeah, no, see, see that that's, that's the thing. It's like, no, he's, he's, he is number three. I'm sorry. Um, Because I, I forgot to switch that around. I forgot to switch that around, but yeah, will number three, number four is, is, gonna be Shaq I'm just gonna say it right now um but it's 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 hard to put anybody else above him who isn't Bill Russell or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just for the simple fact of 22.9 rebounds per game it is just like it's insane it's insane numbers then he had 8.8 blocks per game 1.5 steals per game and here's the kicker we finally got our one-to-one 4.4 assists per game on 4.4 turnovers per game. But with that being said, he was 54% from the field, 
51.1 from the free throw line, which isn't great by any means. But from the field, he was dominant. Boards, dominant. Defensive end, dominant. For him to be anywhere less than three, it it starts borderlining disrespect. And at that point, it's, it's hard to say, like, oh, somebody understands the game. Because take Wilt, drop him in this era, or drop him in the 90s. You don't think he's going to be able to be the same dominant player that he was back then? No, he's 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 going to dominate in any era that he goes into. Any era. Like, that's, that's what I can say for one through three on each position, is those three players at each position would probably be able to go into any era and continue to dominate the way that they dominated in their given eras. Now, moving on to Shaq, um, I'm not going to talk about Shaq too much just because I've been fanboying out about him pretty much this entire podcast, but he has 23.7 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, 2.3 blocks per game, 0.6 steals per game, 2.5 assists per game, and now 2.7 turnovers per game. This is dipping into the opposite end of, like, he he passed that one-to-one. So, the, the big men were never known as playmakers. They were never known as assist men. But the fact that Shaq didn't really take care of it's not that he didn't take care of the ball I mean he he had his own turnovers but the fact that he has a higher turnover ratio than or a higher turnover percentage than assist percentage is very um it 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 was one of those things that made it a little bit easier for me to put him at number four and honestly I I almost dropped him down to number five there's still a part of me where I'm just like ugh once I once you guys hear number five, you're you're also gonna feel like uh you might have wanted to switch those two. But um his field goal percentage was fifty-eight point two and his free throw percentage was fifty-two point seven, which actually was a lot higher than I was expecting to see. I really thought that he was averaging like forty-six for his career. Um but yeah, Shaq, one of the most dominant players at the center position of all time, deserves to be number four. If not, switch positions with number five, who I have as Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork was insane. Like, again, this is somebody that I didn't get to see a whole lot of, but the little bit that I've been able to see is just like, wow. He 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 really was it. The fact that he wasn't talked about as one of the best players of all time, period, not just at the center position, is very shocking to me. Um, and, you know, for that simple fact, yeah, him and Shaq are switching right now. Shaq is number five. Hakeem is number four. Um, and... You know, some people have Hakeem as as the the number one center of all time, which I I can understand as well. But like he he 
man, he was one of those players where it was just like, you realize you're seeing something special and something that you're probably not going to see ever again. The closest that I saw to Hakeem in the present day was DeMarcus Cousins. You know, if DeMarcus Cousins hadn't gotten the injuries that he's dealt with his entire career, there's no doubt in my mind that DeMarcus Cousins would probably end up on this list, if not be very, very close to being put on this list. But let's get into Hakeem's stats. It's uh, 21.8 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game, 3.1 blocks per game, 1.7 steals per game. And then his assist-to-turnover ratio was not good. Uh, He averaged 2.5 assists on three turnovers per game. Not great. He averaged 51.2% from the field. So very close to Shaq, but Hakeem was doing it in different ways. He was doing it more so with his footwork other than, rather than just being a complete bulldog or, yeah, you know, just like bullying his, his opponents down at the block. He, he was more of a finesse player, still had that strength, but definitely was more of a finesse player. And then you have 71.2% from the, fee, uh, from the free throw line. Solid, solid, solid stats from Hakeem. Again, him and Zeke are some of the most underappreciated, underrated players of all time. And they really do deserve way more respect and recognition that, than they've gotten over the years. Hopefully, people start to realize the more that we're able to watch older games and really appreciate the the generations that came before us. I hope that Zeke and Hakeem Olajuwon get the shine and appreciation that they they severely duly deserve. And you know, with that, that closes it out. Um my mouth is very dry. <laughs> I was talking very fast. So um yeah. And I know a lot of people, maybe maybe it was a hard episode for you to get through because I, I understand it. The, the rankings are something that is completely, not completely opinionated, but primarily opinionated. And, you know, some some people may not agree. Some may some people may agree with my my lists straight up. But, you know, whether you agree with it or not whether you want to debate with me. Like I said, my DMs are open. I'm completely open to talking about it. I cannot talk about basketball enough. But that that's just my opinion. And I would I would really love to hear some other people's opinion on that as well. But with that being said, I think I will get out of here get myself a nice tall glass of water because like I said, my mouth is extremely dry right now. Uh, Yeah. An hour and 20 minutes of just talking straight. So it'll do that to you. (laughs) But again, thank you everybody who's watching or not watching, but listening to these pods and spreading the word again, uh, Freddie NBA show, 
NBA hoops underscore on both ends. Both of these guys um, really, really are tapping in a lot, asking what's going on with episodes, like giving me different ideas. I, I really do appreciate the feedback from both of you guys. I just wanted to shout you out real quick. There is a whole lot more people as well doing it, um, sharing the podcast and, you know, telling people to check it out and also giving me some more ideas. Everybody, like I said in a previous podcast, is just like, this is really building out a very nice community. And I, I'm very appreciative of everybody who tunes in, gives me ideas. And even if you don't give me ideas, I, I appreciate you listening. I see you guys promoting the, the podcast, telling your friends to check it out. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, and with that being said, I'll, I'll call it a, call it an episode here. Uh, there'll be another one coming on Friday. That one I'm going to, I'm going to think about a little bit. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to do. There's a couple of ideas that people have given me and said like, oh, you should probably talk about that. But, uh, um, I'm going to brainstorm a little bit. I still have a couple of days to, to figure it out. So it'll be a surprise for both of us when, when that one comes out because I'm, I'm kind of torn between three or four different ideas right now. But again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Check you guys out on the next one. And please, everybody be safe out there. Stay masked up, wash your hands, do all that good stuff. We're, we're almost out of here. Appreciate you all. I'm going to get out of here. Peace.